The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, brother from another mother, the Swave and Day Boner, <laughs> Mr. Jason Koopsik. What is cracking, sir? <laughs> I kind of lost my voice a little bit this yeah, week. You sound good, though. You still sound good. You I sound had sexy. a rough, rough night what happened? on uh, Sunday night. Um, oh, pal. I, I don't know how graphic you want me to be. Oh, let's do this. Get into it. It was flowing out of both ends <laughs> yes. all night long. Yeah. Ah. So yeah. hot. <laughs> it was no good. <laughs> um, fortunately, uh. we have a guest this week, so... We got somebody else to fill in with that chocolatey voice since mine's kind of broken. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, we are on the Podbelly Network with this guy and his show. And Indeed we took we three months off and we're still on the network. So we yeah, survived. We did. Nice. And if you didn't guess by the voice, we got Dave Moten, the Sofa King podcast. <laughs> on. That's right. I was at the podcast, uh, the Podbelly studio today, pilfering um, pop stoppers and microphone stands. <laughs> Just grabbing whatever I could. Yeah, it was my it was my first visit because we have the Sofa King studio, and then the Podbelly studio is actually like two blocks away. And I'd actually I've seen pictures of it, but I've never been in there before. It's a very it's a very, very different living space than the Sofa King studio. <laughs> Dude, the pictures I've seen, man, have, they're gorgeous. Like, all the pictures. I'm like, what? place is amazing. <laughs> oh, the Podbelly one? Yes. Like, can I just, like, live there? Yeah. No, God. it's pretty, it's very, very high-end. I used to do talk radio, like, back in college, and it's as nice as any, you know, of the radio stations I, I was in. That's awesome. Yeah. Freaking love it. Yep. But nobody asked you, Josh, how you're doing. What do you mean? I'm I'm fine, actually. You want to know what I did over the last month, what I've done? What's that? I switched to an Android phone. Nice. Really? I did. Uh, this evening, I actually switched back to my iPhone. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Sorry. No, it was cool, though, because I got this. Uh, it's a BlackBerry Key 2 was the phone that I got. Oh, weird. Yeah, because it had the physical keyboard on it, right? And I think that's kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Like you get the clicks, you know, when you're when you're typing away. I like that. Um, but God, man, like you talk about a learning curve. Like Jesus, going back to a physical keyboard is something else. I tell you. So yeah, yeah, I did. But did so, you like Android? Otherwise, I dude, yeah, absolutely. That's just it. Is like it's super customizable. Um, it's really really cool. Um. So I'm entertaining the idea of like the next phone that I'm going to get would, you know, get like a, I don't know, one of the flagship type models uh, right. that runs Android, you know, whether that be Did like a you Note break 10 or your something. iPhone? Is that why you got no, an Android phone? No, I didn't. Phone? No, I just, you know me, man. I get curious and I just do things. God, <laughs> like <laughs> that's what happens. So I'm like, I'm putting this shit to bed oh, once and for all. Yeah. Because I'm always... I've always been Android, not out of love for Android, but out of hate for Apple. Sure, sure. I have I have a long lasting, uh, seething hatred of that company, um, <laughs> but which I won't go into here. No, as do but many. Though, yeah. I I re- recently 
like I had, I had a tablet, an old tablet that died and I got an Android tablet, like a Samsung Android tablet, like maybe a month ago. And now I'm like, Oh, this is robust. This is legit. Like I really enjoy, like now that I'm using it more than just, you know, for sure. my phone, right. I really enjoy the platform. Did I tell you what, it was uh pretty cool. And that's just, it is like, I'm like, I wanted to get down to the nitty gritty and see what the differences were between the two. Right. And it's really just mm-hmm. down to preference. Yeah. Like everything is now like five years ago. Sure. That you could bitch and gripe and oh iOS is better at this and Android's better at this. It was at the same time now they're they're kind of running neck and neck. It would seem you know it's just oh like, I, I think so yeah yeah it's really really cool. Yeah, I mean though. Apple caught up with like all the stuff like being yeah. waterproof and right and, and they're still I think I, I still think I understand got the some security issues do. that people have with Apple. I've never had an i anything um, right, but that hasn't been because I didn't choose. I just always had windows or a android phone um i will say like as far as security the blackberry has some pretty kick-ass very stellar freaking uh uh security stuff just preloaded built in ready to roll it's pretty outstanding stuff really i think they have to because they're such a corporate client yeah yeah i think you have to aim for maximum security you know for that it totally makes sense but yeah. But we're going to talk about start out talking about a time I believe this happened long before cell phones were around or maybe at the beginning. This was actually one person it's, it was it was pre pre ubiquitous cell phone. I know cell phones were around. One of the people involved had a car phone. Ooh. Yeah. That's just good a stuff. big ass console in the middle yes. of the of her yes. posh car that you could call with, but yeah, cell phones. It was it was sort of in the X Files days, you know, when you laugh about the old huge phones that you'd see David Duchovny running around <laughs> with. Like they were around, but you didn't own one, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so why amazing. don't you set the scene of this interaction you had? Okay, so. So this all came up actually at uh, the last Paracon. Um, Jason and I, when the Paracon wrapped up, I forget the name of the bar. I got very drunk at that bar. You did get really (laughs) drunk at that bar. You were really (laughs) drunk when I was skating out. And I have to say, um, I really appreciate that because we ran into each other, Josh. It was the first time I met you at the Paracon. And um, I extended a very hearty and genuine invite to our uh, meetup afterwards. And you said that you were definitely going to be there. And then you didn't show up. And I have nothing but respect for that move. (laughs) I totally, I totally bitched out on you guys. Um, No, no, nothing but respect. (laughs) I would have done the same fucking thing. I'd have been like, oh, dude, where is it? I'm there. Put it in my phone. I'm there. Where's my Uber? Where's my Uber? <laughs> You're never going to believe you this shit. You guys happened to be staying show. right above that bar, right? So it would have been very yeah, we easy for you just to head right back there. Oh, that would Yeah, we were, right up, we were right upstairs from the bar, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so so Jason and I were sitting there talking, and we were with one of the, the gals from El Yucateco, who's our primary sponsor. El Yucateco, king of flavor since 1968. Um, and... We start. I don't even know how we got onto the subject, but we were talking about weird paranormal experiences. And I said, you know, I I used to have a lot of paranormal experiences, and I started talking about one that kind of 
just doesn't make any sense. Like to this day, it doesn't make any sense. It kind of doesn't fit any, like I've done a decent amount of paranormal research, like just on my own out of interest. Sure. Um, I've, I've studied it in college in weird ways. You know, I figure every, anytime I could write a paper about something paranormal for a legit class, I would do it. Um, just so I could kind of dive into the research. I teach uh, college English, and I for several years I even had my research paper assignment that I gave to students be something paranormal. Oh, that's hot. Um, so I, I learned a lot on that. That was really awesome. Um, but with this, like, I've never really heard of stuff like this, and maybe you guys have. Um, the, the, there's I can one... say there are some things to it. I won't go into detail because I don't want to, you know, give it away but there are some details to it that mirror some other stuff that i've yeah. heard before there's some for sure mirrors one other particular phenomenon that i can think of but in ways that everything else doesn't it's kind of it's it's strange but so the the backstory is this is back when i was in college which must have been i don't know 20 just over 20 years ago um and the our ritual was myself and my friends uh, Steve, Phil, and Lisa would go up. And I live in in Bakersfield, California. And there's a place called Wofford Heights, which is in the mountains. It's about an hour and a half away. Bakersfield is down in the desert, but it's surrounded by mountains on all sides. And if you go up to Wofford Heights, it's where like the big the local ski run is because they're actually you know it does get snow all winter. Uh, it's usually about thirty degrees cooler up there than it is in Bakersfield, so it's a really nice summer uh, retreat, you know. Nice. But um, our habit was we would always, um, when the semester ended, as soon as our whoever of us had the last final, we would all roll up in a car, throw a bunch of food and clothes in the trunk, and roll up to, to my friend Steve's cabin for uh, usually about a week. Um, and we would have a big bonfire. We would burn all of our midterms and papers. Nice, dude. Um, I love that. Drinking, you know, in yes. celebration. <laughs> um, but this one particular year, I everybody had like their finals on Monday and Tuesday, and I had a fucking final on Friday. Oh, come on. So I was like, don't wait till Friday. That's bullshit. You guys bounce. <laughs> right. I didn't have a car that could make the climb, so my friend was going to drive down and pick me up. Lisa, Lisa had the nice car with the car phone. And... Um, so I get a call on Thursday night while I'm cramming for a test and Lisa's like freaked out. She's like, I don't know. We're kind of thinking about coming home. They'd only been up there for like two nights. And I was like, why are you thinking about coming home? And she, and I never got any of the backstory or any of these details, but she said, there's just a lot of weird shit going on here. And none of us are comfortable being up here at night right now. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, that's cause I mean, it's a cabin in the middle of the woods, you sure. know, no light, if the moon is is gone, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. If the moon's there, it's just a million stars. There's no light pollution, you know. Wow. So I called them all bitches, you know. I was like, yo. <laughs> as, as you do. do. Yes, yeah. as you do. You've been there for two. <laughs> You've been there two days. I do my last final fucking tomorrow. We're at least doing a night up there. Come pick me, my ass up, you know. Yeah. So. They come down, pick me up. We get up there. couple nights. Nothing strange is happening. When I tried to get any details about what strange was happening, they never really wanted to talk about it or put their fingers on it. Um, but they were just just weird shit. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just it's just extra weird at night. And I was like, okay, that doesn't do anything for me. So a um, couple, couple nights in. And keep – so 
another detail is that we're all pseudo survivalists, right? Sure. So we all have bug out bags. We all have guns. We all have swords. We all have crossbows. You know? Nice. Yeah. We all have whatever you would need. So whenever we would go to a cabin trip, we brought all our shit, right? I'm picturing so, that scene in True Detective where the guy comes out with the face. Oh, he didn't have a sword, did he? Well, I'm picturing that guy with the sword with the gas mask um, coming out of the trailer. <laughs> I haven't okay. seen True Detective. Oh, well, I, I think you could probably imagine what I'm getting I, yeah, I have a good scene. So the reason I say that is because the living room of the cabin, which is where I slept, everybody else slept in the bedrooms, I slept on the couch, and... The living room is just full of fucking katanas, a shotgun. You know, Whoa. there was a, a BB gun that fully looked like a real AR-15, um, real pistols, right? We all kind of walked around with shoulder holsters on with a pistol all the time. Yeah. So if you if you happen to walk up and look in the door, you'd be like, who the fuck are these lunatics, <laughs> right? So, and this is, I'm guessing... Shit, I don't know. This is probably 90. This is probably 1990. I would say 96 or 97, maybe, would be my guess. Um, so I'm asleep in the in the living room in the morning. Um, and there there's like a, a lockable gate in front of the door. So you can't really knock on the door. You have to knock on the metal gate. So I wake up to someone knocking on the metal gate and there's fucking nobody up here. Like wow. this is, there's just, it's just, a, there's nothing but cabins. And at the time there's nobody staying up there in any of the other cabins. And if you're awake, you can hear any traffic driving from miles away. You hear a car coming cause it's just so silent up there. Shit. So knock on the door and there's a guy um i i get up i look the clock is it's like exactly eight o'clock it's 8 a.m exactly and i get up and i open the door and there's a guy standing there in like perfect brand new clothes like i mean it looks like he stopped at the local trading post down the hill and bought this outfit and put it on. Wow. There were still folded creases in his pants and in his shirt. He had brand new, brand new, no dirt, no mud, no nothing on him, shoes. Like he he just put this outfit on, unfolded it from a store, right? Dude's looking crisp, um, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So and he it's like jeans and a flannel shirt, very mountain looking, right? He's wearing the he's wearing the 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 appropriate costume for the locale. Sure. Um and he's Caucasian, I don't know, mid to late 30s, just kind of, you know, bland, generic white guy haircut, just like just very, very generic dude. Yeah. And security gate is still up. I open the door. He looks in. I, I watch him scan the room and look at fucking katanas and machetes and shotguns and <laughs> AR-15s and... I fell asleep in my shoulder holster, but my gun wasn't in my shoulder holster. And he looks at my shoulder holster and he says, good morning. And I say, hey, what's up? And he says, and and I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it justice, but the way he speaks is just strange, right? Not no accent. He's just kind of this regionless, you know, Ron Burgundy, non-accent kind of a person, you know, and he... 
he says, I was wondering if I might be able to procure some help. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, that's the kind of shit he would say. And you'd sit there thinking, procure some help. What? You know, right. not like a British accent, which would kind of justify the vocabulary. Sure. And I was like, uh, what's what's up? And he says, um, yes, we have a four by four and we have high centered on a rock not far from here. And we could really re uh, use some assistance and manpower if any of you would be willing to come and give us a hand so we could liberate our vehicle. Oh, my God. Just very like, well spoken. Yeah. Very, but very fucking weird. But very weird. And I'm right. like, uh yeah. And at this point, the other people are waking up and, and coming out. Phil was still out cold because he kind of tied one on the night before. <laughs> and Steve's standing there like fucking psyched out, holding his gun, looking at me like, is everything cool? Is everything cool? I'm like, yes, everything's fucking cool. There's a guy at the door, Rambo, like fucking settle down, John McClane. There's a guy asking for help. So he, he puts his gun away. And in his shoulder holster and he walks around and, and he's like, what's up? And the guy kind of repeats something very similar with strange vocabulary. And he's like, yeah, give, give us a couple of minutes. And I shut the door and we wake up Phil. And for some reason, we're just all freaked out by this guy. And I don't know why we're just like, what the fuck is up with this guy? There's something weird about this guy. And everybody's like, okay, so here's the deal. So the three of us are going to get in Lisa's car and we'll drive behind you two. And then you and this guy can just walk up to wherever the truck is. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of plan is this? Why am I not in the vehicle? Why don't you go walk with this dude? So I'm like, fine, whatever. So I get out and we walk through, you know, start walking up towards where he said his vehicle was, his four-wheel drive vehicle. Because yeah, in no way are you safe in that moment. No, no way. They might be able to back up and get away. But you, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, and man. and again, just little details that I was scanning for and noticing, such as the fact that he has brand new, clean, like tan Timberland boots, right? Oh shit! And the the road that you have to walk up is also where all winter long and all spring, when the snow thaws, it's just nothing but washout. So the road is just fine powder. And you can't walk up the road without everything up to your ankle being covered in yeah. powdered dirt. Yeah. And there isn't any on his boots. So, yeah, where the hell did means, this guy come from then? Yeah. Right. He so he had, the grass. To, he had to have come through. Yeah, he had to come through the woods, not up the trail. But we start, and as soon as we start walking, there's instantly dirt on his shoes, you know, and, and on mine. So we're walking and the car is like at, just like comedically creeping with its brakes on behind us. I have no idea why they're in the car. Like, why didn't you walk with us? But they're in the car behind us and we're walking and, and he says, so where are the four of you from? And I lied and I said, oh, we're from Fresno. And he says, oh, I see. What line of work do you find yourselves in? Oh, fuck. And I was like, oh, we all work in oil. Fucking complete lie. We're all college students, <laughs> but most people from Fresno work in oil or ag. Yeah. And Fresno is like our a town about an hour. It's equidistant to the cabin. It's about an hour and a half away from the cabin. Sure. And he's like, "Oh, that must be rewarding work." And I said, "Not really. It really just kind of busts your ass. You get, you know, you get paid decent money, but you're out doing really hard work in the oil fields." And he said, "Yes, I would imagine that is so." Wow. Like, you're so fucking weird. This guy's so weird. So we come walking up on a straight up like O.J. Simpson Bronco, right? <laughs> and the trail splits 
So you could have gone left, you could have gone right, and in the middle, and the, and eat, one way the trail goes down, the other way the trail goes up, the road rather, and um, in the middle there's just like a furrow of of you know shrubs and grass and whatever, and there's a big huge rock, maybe I mean not huge, there's a rock that's I don't know three four feet tall, but a good size rock, and and this bronco is high centered on the rock, and the back of the bronco is facing us, right? Wow. So we go walking up, and as we come walking up, we immediately notice that in the back of the Bronco, there are four, like, completely identical Doberman pincers. What? Just, just like, like lined up in the back of the truck. <laughs> One, two, three, four. They're laying in the exact same position, looking out the back door, heads down on the on the the ground of the of the Bronco. And there's a woman in a flannel shirt with like a single kind of mountain folk looking braid down the middle of her hair, blonde hair. And she's in the passenger seat just sitting there. Right. And all we can see is her back. And he walks up and he walks around to the driver's side of a door, opens it rolls the window down and then shuts it so he can talk to her, which was just weird. Just the whole, that was just weird. Why wouldn't you just open the door? Right. I don't, I don't know. It just, everything about it, even at the time, everything about it was just weird. So Lisa parks her car. Everybody gets out of the car and comes walking up and he uh, walks back and he says, um, so what do you think are our chances? And I said, I don't know, man, this thing's, you know, pretty good and stuck. And Steve knows more than I do about all things mechanical. And he's kind of looking at it. And he's like, I don't know. I think if if someone was gunning it, since it's four-wheel drive, I think if you were gunning it and the front wheels could get some traction, I think we might be able to push the back, you know, the five of us. Um, if if she was going to drive, the five of us would be able to um, to to push the the thing off the rock. And he said, well, then we will make that so. And the woman just immediately slid over to the driver's seat and he oh. opens up the back of the Bronco. And one by one, the dogs jump out of the back of the of the Bronco. Like, I feel like a crazy person telling this. Story. Did he say <laughs> anything to the dogs? He said nothing. No hand sign, no command, nothing. Right. And he opens the back of the Bronco, the dogs one at a time trot out and they go back maybe 30 feet behind us and they just line up, bonk, 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 one, two, three, four, and they just sit there staring off into the woods. They're not even looking back at us or the truck or anything. Damn. And at man. that point yeah. I'm like, wow, these, yeah. So these, and I'm just like marveling at the fact, I mean, granted, Dobermans are pretty identical, but I was like, these look like the same fucking exact dog, <laughs> right? And so we go and get ready to, to push the, the truck and um, the five of us all cram in on the back bumper and we push and she guns it, the, the woman thing in the driver's seat, guns it like with all her might. I mean, I'm pushing, I'm like in pain, I'm pushing so hard wow. and this truck doesn't fucking budge an inch. Like there's no play whatsoever. And we all kind of catch our breath. We try it a second time. Nothing like this thing is stuck. There's you're going to need to call a tow truck. I don't know how you're getting it off this rock. This thing is this is not going to happen. And he says, may I suggest that we try one more time? And I'm like, sure, let's try one more time. And we lean in and Phil is leaned in and there's not a whole lot of room on the bumper. So five of us are really squeezed in there. Um, and he's like face to face with me 
and he's looking kind of freaked out and he says i don't think those are dogs what and yeah and he said that to me and i kind of like freaked out because i was that wasn't really what i was thinking but i was like what the fuck do you mean so Phil and I aren't even pushing when the guy says one, two, three, because we're just staring each other in the eyes, like touching nose to nose. (laughs) And so Phil and I aren't even touching the bumper this time. And the guy, like with Steve and Lisa, just pushes it easily off the rock. What? Like without. Yeah. Yeah. With two of us not even touching it. Wow. And. He and I like my angle where I could see because I'm looking down that end and he was on he was he was right next to Phil. I was on the end and then it was Phil and then it was this guy and then it was Steve and then it was Lisa. So I saw that guy really kind of put some effort in and push, which it didn't really seem like he was doing in the earlier attempts and just fucking lifted the thing up off the rock and set it down and it drove up the hill and parked and he stopped and he said, well, I would really like to thank you for helping us free our vehicle. And we were like, hey, man, no problem. Glad we could help. And he walks up and opens the back door and the four dogs, one, two, three, four, run and jump up into the back of the Bronco. He shuts it. He gets in the driver's side and he drives back down the trail um, and he pulls up and parks in one of the cabins, like maybe four cabins up from our cabin. And I'm and so we all go back to the cabin and we're like, man, what the fuck? That was some weird shit that like the woman never said anything. She was like she was moving at the exact moment she should have every time like we would have said, hey, okay, gun it. She was already gunning it anyway, you know, and the dogs and the way this guy talked and his brand new clothes. We were just like, what the fuck is going on? Who are these people? What is happening here? Yeah. And so we get all worked up. Right. We go back. We eat breakfast. We uh, sit around and and all day it's just fucking riding on us. And we, we go for walks from time to time to see that cabin they're inside of it now um this there's like storm shutters that are kind of ratcheted shut on all the cabins but all the storm shutters had been lifted so they could see outside and you could see inside and about an hour before sundown we were like okay let's go fucking spy on these people because they're (laughs) not they're not right you know so lisa says well i'm gonna stay here and because um, we all had we had four walkie talkies and she was like, I'm going to stay here and be like base camp. And that way, if you guys split up, I can still like be here and we'll all talk and we'll all be on walkie talkie. And we're like, OK, cool. So the three of us go around and we walk way the fuck past the cabin, walk way down, cut up this little nature trail and come around. So we're above the cabin on a hill nice. and come walking down. And we get there and it's it's late afternoon, millions of birds everywhere. And as soon as we get there and we're getting ready to settle in and look at the house, like as we're picking, where can we see the house where the house can't see us? There's just this giant you could feel it in the ground. There's just this giant boom, just boom, like echoes through the mountains. What? And yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's not what we need at this moment in time right now. And I was like, that's not cool. Like, we've never heard anything like that in years of coming up to the cabin. And we were like, maybe it's a sonic boom, maybe some like test flight from Mojave Desert flew over the mountains could happen. I have no idea what the fuck else that thing could have been. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting there. Um, the boom happens again. 
a couple minutes later as we're still kind of freaking out and figuring out where we want to go. And um, I stop and I say, should we be worried about like this boom? And every time the boom would happen, the birds would all freak out. Like the boom would happen and the birds would get like three times as loud and start chirping super loud, all crazy. And but I looked they at Phil and Steve by this point. What's that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the, the birds weren't yeah. like flying away or anything like that. They weren't taking no, no, off. No, no. no. Wow. Just the whole ocean of birds that were just acting up because yeah. of the boom. And Steve had slid into a bush and had his binoculars out and, and had eyes on the cabin and was looking in the windows. And Phil and I were farther back so they couldn't see us. And... um I said, Phil, should we be worried that every time that boom happens, the birds all get like 10 times louder? And he said, no, we should be worried if the birds all fall completely silent before a boom. Oh. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I mean, like a fucking horror movie on cue, uh -huh. the birds all fall silent. No. Just the entire mountain of birds goes dead silent. Boom, huge fucking, I mean, it's like an explosion. Like, I don't know, just a giant boom that you can feel in your feet and in your chest. And at that point, Phil freaks out and jumps down and says, Steve, come on, we're going. And he says, not yet. And we said, Steve, come on, we're going. And, Phil, and Steve said, not yet. And Phil reaches down into the bushes and grabs Steve. He's like in camouflage in the bushes, grabs Steve, pulls him out of the bush. And as he's pulling him out of the bush, Steve screams, Oh my God, they have no face. What? Yeah. What? So I don't know what the fuck that means. And I don't care to. And we just sprint back to the cabin. And as we're sprinting back, we're like, Lisa, grab your shit. We are leaving right now. <laughs> so we run back. We grab our shit. We don't even grab everything. We just grab enough stuff to throw in and drive back down. Steve's like, fuck it. I'll come back in a week and pick everything else up. Let's just fucking go. Wow. So we cram everything in the car. We drive down. And as we're cramming everything in the car, I keep saying, Steve, what the fuck do you mean? And he was like, they don't have a face. They don't have faces. Like, they don't have a face. And I was like, what do you mean they don't have a face? And, like, he was so freaked out, he couldn't elaborate on it. And he just kept saying, they don't have a face. What do you think I mean they don't have a face? They don't have a fucking face. There's two of them in there sitting at a table staring at each other, and they don't have a fucking face. Fuck. And I was like, I don't, to this day, I don't know what it means, and he won't talk about it. And Phil said, where were the dogs? And he said they were just sitting in a line in the dining room. Dude. And we got in the car and we drove down the fucking mountain. And that might have been the last time we went to the cabin after final exams. We might have gone one more time, but I think that was the last time we went up there. And when I finally got out of them, what was happening the nights before that were so weird, they just said it was weird stuff with like the blanket of sound. Like all the birds would suddenly stop and start. All the crickets at night would suddenly just fall silent simultaneously for no reason. And it was stuff that they'd never experienced before up there, et cetera, et cetera. And since then we've dubbed them the dog people. And since then, even to this day, if I ask Steve, what did you mean they don't have any face? He just reiterates, they didn't have a face. Oh my God. So that was our tale of the dog people dude that's nuts like here's what i'm always like wondering right is what could actually cause nature itself to just fucking stop what could right. do that and why didn't it happen the first two booms right 
God, man. I, I I don't know. To me, it almost seems like you're just about to kick up a hornet's nest. You know what I mean? Like it was so right. damn close. <laughs> right. It yeah. was so close to being yeah. like a terribly end uh, ending of that story. Because um, damn yeah, it, we were man. about we were we were about like ninety seconds away from yeah. like a headline that read you exactly. know. Four, four go missing in woods near Wofford Heights. Right, and now you Experts have like think it was a hike gone awry. <laughs> they you leave know? a cabin of craziness behind. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Right, what they were these weapons? What and were these kids and, up to? Yeah, gosh, man, they may. Uh, maybe the news comes out and like interviews the fucking weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! They seem like perfectly. Ob- applicable gentleman who exactly. was staying in that tavern up the way exactly like, what what did you just say <laughs> are you still are there still tags on your jeans maybe <laughs> so that like i said i i don't tell the story often and i usually only tell it either around the three of them or if there's a lot of alcohol involved but jason and there was when i told jason the story and he was like you've got to get on the show yeah. and tell this story and like with the stories like this like this one, just def- I don't even know what to fucking make of it. The ones that deal with ghosts and all that stuff, I have a weird relationship with ghosts. It's like even though I've had like flat out ghost encounters, I'm like, but it wasn't a ghost. It was like, well, what the fuck do you think it was? I'm like, it was a ghost, but it wasn't like a ghost ghost. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. My brain tries to figure out something yeah. with it, but this thing, again, three of us. To this day, we have stories. The story lines up. We all experienced it. We were all sober. Like Phil was hung over from the night before, but we didn't have a drop all day. I didn't drink at all at the time. Um, I didn't start drinking alcohol in any way until several years after that. Um, and that's a slippery slope. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> so are you familiar with screened memories? Not much. I think you helped, a, you know, a bunch of grays push, uh, little saucer off of that rock you need to stop talking oh, right now Christ. god damn it Coops it. <laughs> i do not like that in no. any fucking way no there is not one way that my brain likes that you bite your tongue good sir <laughs> <laughs> um i uh, i mean this story screams of men in black but yes typically yes, men really in black follow people for more than one encounter um or at at least that kind of stuff yes like you're you're investigating this thing you should probably stop you know Mm -hmm. none of that was going on maybe they were going on vacation maybe that was their little getaway yeah it was a men in black vacation you know because that's like because the whole thing with men in black when you read about them like they don't speak right yeah something about them kind of gives you the chills their clothes aren't quite right, even though there's nothing wrong with them, sure. which is kind of hard to get at, you know? And it's like all this, granted, they're not in black, which is why I think they might have been on vacation, you know, because if, if he was in a black suit, I would have been like, yep, that was a man in black, but that was a man in flannel. Right. <laughs> I hope that's a new thing. <laughs> was, they're just on holiday. <laughs> oh, with their God. four dog right. things. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, oh I God, don't know. Man. That is just I, nuts. I think you all were abducted for the weekend. No. And that was the memory that was put into your head. I don't think they were abducted. I think they were 
fucking close to something happening. The only reason you made it back is because they had engine trouble, and that's the booms you heard. Right. <laughs> God damn it. I do not like where this is going in oh any way God. whatsoever. You know what I would like to entertain, though? Just, I mean, just to do this. Here's what we should do. I think Koopsik and I should get a fuckload of, like, camera gear, and we're just going to fly out to you guys, and then we are going to film y'all doing some, like, hypno-regression-type therapy stuff to see what really fucking happened out there. To see if they peel away layers of the Right, exactly, (laughs) and see what happens. I think that would be a killer documentary. We sit around... We have a few drinks. You tell that story. We have some really sexy lighting. You tell that story. And then we go. And we, we see if we can get to the bottom of it. Fuck, let's go to the cabin. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. He's, they still own the cabin. They still, he's, he, takes his, he goes up there all the time now. He takes his sons, who are teenagers now. They go up oh. there all the time. Like They just go to the cabin. Did he, I'm kind of done with it. Did he ever tell his children about that? No. I can't imagine that he would have. Oh. I can't imagine. Because we don't really tell anyone about it. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, people just look at you like, oh, that's a cool story, but really? Like, come on. And it's like, no, really? Yeah, you're a good company here, my friend. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a safe space. It yeah. is a safe space. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say that that's, that's a little bit over the top. Compared to what I've experienced, I've experienced some crazy stuff. But that doesn't mean I don't. I wholeheartedly believe you had this experience, um, but it's definitely up there as far as experiences go. Damn man, I I think it's I don't think I have even, anything that quite compares to it. Honestly, no. maybe maybe a year after that, we at at our at Cal State at the Cal State University that we attended at the time. Um, there's a guy named Stafford Betty, Dr. Betty, and he um, he taught a class. It was actually senior seminar for philosophy, Ooh. and it was the best class I've ever taken in my life. And the, yeah. the theme of the class was um, life after death. And it it wasn't like, oh, we're going to study the main religious texts or anything like that. He went through systematically and he presented us with the most – uh, renowned cases of life after death evidence that have ever been documented in modern history. That's and he was looking at reincarnation, demon possession, uh, ghost cases, poltergeists, and like, you know, very, very well-documented, well-researched. You know, at the end of the day, you had to scratch your head after you read every case and either say, this whole thing is bullshit or I have to reinvent my life world. Like wow. the, those are my only two options <laughs> having read this. And he, at one point, once we got into the semester and you would like once per class session, someone in the middle of the article, you would just see them kind of go patwing and lose their shit and just get up and leave the class, leave wow. their book bag, leave their shit. They were just like out and you would take <laughs> a cigarette break and you would just see them over in the corner smoking cigarettes, like muttering to themselves. <laughs> and you're like, but in the middle of this class, he asked us to tell, you know, if any of us had had any paranormal encounters or whatever. And myself and Phil were both in that class. And we told that story and we told one other story. 
that we encountered. And he kind of had the the same rea- reaction that you did, Josh. And he was like, wow, that's that's like, you know, with that many witnesses and you were sober and it was right here and it's close yeah. by. He was like, we could probably go up and investigate that and right. blah, 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 blah. And we were like, no, thanks. Like at the <laughs> time we were just like, nope, that's go, not happening. Gonna go ahead and pass but even on he, that. And like, and he was a paranormal investigator. He used to like oh, wow. somehow, and this is like pre-internet, but it was known in Bakersfield that if some weird shit happened, you called Dr. Betty. And like priests knew this, like people like psychiatrists knew this. And if someone came up with a particularly fucked up case, they would say, oh, contact this guy, at, contact this guy at the university. That's and then amazing. he would call other investigators and all this like weird old school shit, you know, he's like the Peter like, Venkman uh, of fucking that is amazing dude yeah there was definitely networks like that back in the day Uh um because they didn't have any other way to talk to each other uh, or to reference each other or or you know it was done through newsletters and letters and Mm -hmm. and subscription to odd magazines and and crap like that the little things in the back the people the groups that connect everything yeah Um, right and he had written several articles, you know, investigating particular cases, but he wouldn't share them with us because he, you know, and rightly so, I suppose he said this, you know, this isn't going to be a fair scientific unbiased presentation because I was there. Sure. So I'm not going to teach my cases or even talk about them because I experienced what I think I experienced and that's going to taint, you know, your reaction to it. So we didn't study him. And again, this is in the nineties and he was doing the shit since the seventies, you know, so you can't, it's not like you can get online and find the articles or on some weird ass obscure journal that never got scanned into EBSCO host or something. (laughs) So, but yeah, he was even like, wow, that's that's a really impressive tale. Like, I wonder what those things were, but. Oh my God. Dude, I, if it let's say you weren't abducted right let's say this happened exactly how you your vision of it wasn't manipulated in any way sure. they were trying to act like humans yes yeah. there had to be a reason yeah. for that right i mean unless they were trying to mimic they were just trying to go on vacation to see what it was like it was an experiment it but almost then they makes you decided wonder, to take though. off their faces to get comfortable but like think about right. it man like what would explain After they opened all the windows yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> but like what would explain the booms, right? Like I keep going back to that. Like you're you're hearing it, you're feeling it, like something is going on underneath your feet. Right. Do you think it may have been like construction? There's what? nothing up there. There's no mines up there. There's no construct because that was exactly what we thought. We were like, are these like is this like dynamite from construction? But we, I mean, we were still there for several more hours, and there were no more booms. Granted, it was getting dark, sure. so if it was construction, they probably would have stopped. But there's no mining up there. What any if it, mining that happened in that mountain happened in right. fucking you know 1849? What if they? Um, what if the faceless peeps were building something underneath? Sure. I don't know, man. Like, I'm sure stranger things have happened, right? I or mean, it's not underground maybe, alien. Exactly, bases. it's not that far fetched because we hear about these cases all the time. Look yes, at Dolce. <laughs> but why were they I, in that cabin? What was the point of Dolce's them going to the cabin? Right. They were the watch, the watchers, the guards. Maybe that's not it. Guard, yeah. Maybe they were sent to. I see. 
here's what I keep going back to. I could totally see the fact that they could be there watching over kind of like a lookout, right? And if shit went sideways, these four dogs are going to rip you from fucking limb to (laughs) limb, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. But at the same time, they had car trouble, and they they sought you out. Like, they came and they came knocking on your... Exactly. No. That's what I'm saying. They didn't need the help. Maybe it was just a ploy to be like, who are these guys and are they a threat? Right. Let's rub up against these guys. Exactly. I see it more of a distraction. Maybe. I don't think that they were worried about Maybe you had some more faceless people, like, fucking rifling through your shit back at the cabin. While you were out there trying to... Yeah, while we were pushing the car up. Right, right. Because all of us left. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a terrifying vision as well that I didn't need Sorry, in my head. <laughs> Damn it. The whole cadre of camouflaged, faceless dog people. That's what Dude. we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. Like, I've talked about it on Sofa King Podcast. Like, I do have, like, and again, I have a weird relationship with these things. If you look at the typical things about um, an alien abduct, like i am an abductee like all the boxes that you tick i can tick right all the weird like the 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 deep-seated irrational phobia i have of gray aliens the as a child just constant sleepless nights weird lights in the sky I always used to see owls in my windows when I lived in Michigan, which years later I learned was like a fucking thing. Yeah. And um, I have like weird night terrors and just like, like every time I read a description of what typical alien abductees have gone through, I've gone through it. Shit. And even in light of that, I, I, and I've said this on the show, like I admit, yes, if those are the boxes to tick to say, are you an abductee? then I am an abductee. Do I believe I was abducted by an alien from outer space? No, I really don't. Like whatever that list is, whatever that psychological phenomenon is, whatever that strangeness is, like I have it too. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does, but it also so several, several abductees that have had incidences like you with the owls where they would see owls all the time when they would go back into hypnotherapy they would see those for what they really were sure as a screened memory of that was an actual gray according to their you know you know uh, hypnosis is a very crazy thing it could be very effective but it also be very subjective so yeah you got to throw that in there I, I like, and I have this, I've always had the same viewpoint. I like how Brad on your show views all of it. If one thing is real, that means it's a real phenomenon. Sure. No matter how many crazy stories are out there. Right. That's just right. it, man. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I can, when you look at alien abduction cases and so forth, and it's like, I, like when, when we research any of these cases or ghost cases or any weird things on the show, like I really like I I get freaked out by evidence that's pre media break. 
So like, oh, this story in Arkansas in 1976 and all these people saw some shit in the sky or whatever. As soon as it hits the newspaper or the radio, every encounter that shows up after that date, I just immediately don't give a shit about. Yeah. It makes so sense. someone shows up a week later and they're like, I saw the same thing that night. I'm like, ah, but did you? Right. Like if you would have right. came and said that before it hit the newspaper, then I, I got your back. But so I kind of have that standard. And then the other standard that I have is really the X-Files, like post X-Files. Sure. Most people who talk about abduction, especially in that sweet spot window right after X-Files. Now, I think. X-Files has gone away long enough that if some young person came up talking about abduction, they'd be like, where did you hear all this shit? Because you didn't watch X-Files. You're too young. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I mean, it's still out there and it wasn't really like pre-X because the Internet wasn't there, whatever. So if you had all these experiences as a kid or as a young adult, like before, like 2000, it, it means something different to me than someone who started having those experiences right now when you can do a Google search and even, you know, they call it Xenoglossy. You might've watched yeah. a documentary, you know, something on the history channel about alien abduction was in the background when you were studying. It's stuck in your brain, fucked with you. And now you remember that stuff subconsciously and think it happened to you or yeah. whatever, you know? Absolutely. Dude. I still think we need to do this. We need to make this film. It's got to happen. It's fucked up. I'm, I'm down. I know we could. I'm pretty sure we could get three of the four of us together, if not all four of us. Now we just need to find like a a, a hypnotherapist that would be down for this. You know? Right. Yeah. And that would be reputable. We don't right, want right. planting anything crazy in these guys' heads. <laughs> oh, that could be fun, too. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I lean out of sheer terror of gray aliens towards the man in black hypothesis. And even I hadn't really studied men in black at the time, didn't really know anything about it. And when I read the Mothman prophecies yeah, and I, I read his account of men in black for the first time, I was shitting my pants because the movie came out, <laughs> Richard Gere, et cetera. Good yeah. movie. Yeah, nothing sure. to do with the book. Right. You know, but good movie, like genuinely good movie. You get extra freaked out because you get a little bewitched and you're like, oh, this really happened. And it's like, but it really didn't. That's not really what happened. Right. Um, but good, good, creepy movie. Then you read the book and you're like, oh, that isn't really what happened. And in a way, what happened is kind of even creepier in a different way. Oh, dude, yeah. And when I started to get into the men in black towards the end of the book, when John Keel is talking about all the weird shit that happened and people showing up and telling him to stop investigating what he's investigating. And I was reading oh. his description of how they talk and what they look like and whatever i was like wow that's kind of like the dog people you're like that's shit. weird <laughs> for sure because in the end of the day there's two different types of men in black well two real there's strong categories within men in black there's the government types and then the really strange types right because of course quote unquote men in black if you're snooping into something tied to the government and that you're getting close to something they're gonna fuck with you or they're gonna at least intimidate you right um i don't find that unreasonable honestly no um, i don't find that unreasonable at all but the the other side there has to be a, a different whatever youth abductee type experiences and it was focused on you i don't see a government agency pulling off what happened to you right. or any human, uh, you know, uh, have the ability to do that unless you were no. drugged in some way. Right. 
God. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking weird. It's and the so dogs, dumb. like the like take the dogs out of the equation and it's just a whole level less creepy. But it's like I've never in my life seen dogs, seen one dog act that perfectly without getting commands by its master, right. much less four of them, much less four of them that could tear your fucking throat out. Right. That don't even look at you or care about your existence, you know. It's almost like they're receiving their commands, uh, like, telepathically, right? Like, right. as fucked up as that sounds, but, I mean. Yeah, like the, like the woman thing was exactly. sending them commands or something. Yeah. yeah, or and her, like, just sliding across the seat, you know? Like, oh, sweetie, we're going to try this, you know? No, she just slides right across the seat, and she's going to She never said gunning. a word. Right. Dude. It's, and even when he talked to her, like even when he opened the door, rolled down the window, shut the door and talked to her, she didn't even like turn her head to look at him. She just kept looking straight out the front of the window. See, like it, she didn't even turn. She like human mannerisms weren't even correct with these people. Like nothing was right about them. They were close. Right. They were, you know, but if again, it was, you know, if you were trying to fool another Tralfamagorian, you'd be like, oh, you nailed human. That was spot on, <laughs> you know. But when you're you sitting there with that. humans, you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Right. See, again, though, it's just like what you were saying. You know, there's always that the the few things or the handful of things that are just enough off about. Right. Uh, like like right. you're saying, the clothes, the speech, the, the mannerisms or lack thereof. You know, just. And here's my the God. Like where the cabin is, there's no like. If he were to have walked from where the truck was high centered over to our cabin to knock on the door to get me, yeah, without walking down the trail, it it's not an it's not something anyone would do. Sure. It's just it's thick mountain woods and it's a steep incline. Like you would have been on a really steep, really awkward. Cause the, there's a really, like I said, that runoff comes down right where the trail is. Like there's a steep drop. The cabins are there. There's like maybe a, a 30 foot wide stretch before wow. the drop happens again. It's not like a sheer cliff or anything. You can, you could get up it, but on a couple of times, you're probably going to be on all fours climbing up that hill. So and then it was just cabin to cabin to cabin. You know, there's a good chunk of maybe 50 yards from cabin to cabin. But yeah. he would have had to, like, be walking through the bushy, wooded area around cabins, super pain in the ass to get to us from that truck to show up without that fine powder on his shoes or pants. Exactly. I mean, Which, why would you do that? knocking on your door looking like he just walked out of fucking JCPenney's. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, yeah. he's, he's right. looking fresh. Wow. And I know it's a stretch like, you you know, you start to get kind of, you know, as we say in the show, you start to get chupacabra and everything starts to freak <laughs> you out. But it's like even the fact that he knocked on the door at exactly 8 a.m. Yeah. Just seemed like in retrospect, it's weird to me. It's like operation high center will begin at 0800 hours <laughs> it's like he was like standing on the deck looking at his watch wow. until it hit eight o'clock knock 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 damn that's an it's just i love the story man it's just amazing i love the story yeah it's it's a freaky story and like i said and and we don't like even if we're like if i'm have people over and we're all drinking and I tell the story like just based on the reaction you get from people you just learn to stop telling the story sure 
Because either everybody's looking at you like you're an asshole or everybody like, like is like, oh, my grandma from the Philippines told me some shit. And it's like, you know, there's a thing. Did you ever hear about the thing that's kind of like an elf, but it's 12 feet tall and it eats babies? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's not what this is. Like, and it's like, there's either complete, we don't believe anything you're saying and it's apparent, but I'm humoring you. Or they immediately want to just start telling a million other freaky stories that I really don't want to hear about. So it's like I just I've learned to not even bother telling the story. But at a Paracon, I'll tell a freaky story over beers, you know. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, stuff, and I though. appreciate that. Um, <laughs> that is good I'm going to stick with the alien vacation hypothesis. <sighs> I think that these two entities had just gotten done with training got their brand new human suits. They had been <laughs> on the planet for a couple of weeks, but only around other aliens. Right. And they were just doing what, you know, they had a week off. They were just doing what they thought good humans do and how right. they interact. He knew he could push that off, but he knew if anybody saw him, it would be over. He right. would be caught. So he yeah. was just doing exactly as he was trained to do. Or maybe, like, I, like... Was it part of the training? See if he could pass himself off. Like, yeah, like now is your chance. Uh, like, here we are. We've scanned the area. Because you, if it was the, if it's like the the off season, there's really nobody up there. Like in the winter, a lot of people are up there because that's right where the ski run is. If the ski runs like a mile up the road or something. Oh, um, yeah. And in the summer, if it's like Labor Day or Memorial Day or Fourth of July, some of the cabins will fill up. You might like on a busy vacation type weekend, this row of maybe 25 cabins, there might be people at three cabins on those weekends. Sure. Every other time you go there. You're the only person on on the mountain for a couple of miles. And wow. you know that because you can hear everything. Yeah. And they knew that too. And they knew that. Like we were the only humans in that, you know, section of the mountain. Wow. So if you got if they got caught out, they wouldn't have any trouble getting yeah. rid of the people that Yeah, getting rid of the on. bodies. <laughs> or just piece it out. And then it's like, well, fuck it. These four assholes figured it out, but no one's gonna believe them anyway. It's not <laughs> like we did in the middle of Los Angeles, you know. Well, because honestly, if these are that type of thing. They knew you saw them without their face or knew that somebody saw them without their faces on and you got out of there. Maybe not, though. Maybe oh, not. God. But I mean, if they I mean, the only thing the only detail that we got from him is that the the male and the female were sitting across from each other at a small dining room table, just like sitting still at the table, looking at each other. And a few feet away in the dining room, the four dogs were just lined up, sitting there perfectly still. My and God. everybody was just sitting there in the dining room. It's just so bizarre. Yeah. It's like, who fucking acts like that? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> no human being. <laughs> exactly. God, man. And I haven't asked him in years. I'm wondering if I asked him now, what do you mean by they don't have faces? If I might get some sort of narrative elaboration. Is it like a, like just a complete round dome where a face should be? Is it like a, a weird stylistic mannequin where there's a couple of little eye notch rubs right. and a little nose bump and no like, real eat like in my brain I'm picturing Slender Man, right? Like just this faceless right. I don't know. Faceless right. humanoid shape, obviously still, but like just I don't know. Just almost like a blank canvas. Ugh. 
Damn but it, that, yeah, that to me the only the only details are is there still like room is there still like a nose protrusion and indents for eyes and oh, like yeah. cheekbones but no mouth? Yeah. Oh. Or is it just like does it look like Cobra Commander's helmet and it's just a perfectly round, <laughs> you know, smooth hell yes, you know, bald headed looking face? That's good shit. Yeah. Oh my god, man. Ah. <sighs> I think it's yeah, pretty I think safe we to say. save the other stories for another time because sure. oh yeah, one, uh, oh for sure, that so one that was one's a doozy. oh that, it's that one's the that one's the biggest of the of the stories. I think the other the other three are more like ghost stories and have more of a relationship, but one of them does involve the same exact cast of characters um, for for one of the ghost stories. Very nice. See, yeah. there again, I wonder if any of this stuff plays into group dynamic, right? What is it about sure. your tribe, you know, your group of friends right. and people right. that, you know, right. when you guys get together, some weird shit happens. Like, same type of stuff happens with me and my buddies. Weird and shit weird happens. Shit, like, weird shit used to happen to me all the time. Like, me, my mom, and my one of my sisters, we were like weird shit magnets our entire lives. And, you know, even down to, like, if a friend of ours bought a house and it's like, oh, I went and saw their house for the first time and I would just be like, fuck that hallway and fuck that bedroom. Yeah. And I can't tell you why I'm just creeped out. I don't want to be here. I'm going to the other side of the house or something wrong here and I don't want to be here. And then like later on, a month later, I'd be talking to my mom and I'd be like, oh, did you go see so-and-so's house? And they're like, yeah, that back bedroom in that hallway. And you're like, God damn it. And then you would talk wow. to my sister who hasn't talked to my mom and she would say this like every single time you would confirm the same vibes in the same place and the same weird things. And I just, I reached a point in my adult life where I was just like, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I was just, I made like a conscious decision. I'm just like, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And every time I would start to get chupacabra by something or get freaked out by gray aliens or whatever, I'd be like, fuck this. That's bullshit. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And I would just use this refrain in my brain. And now like for the most part, I don't feel shit and I don't see shit and I don't, I'm not the target of shit anymore because I started drawing that line in the sand. That makes total sense, man. Like you just shut it off. I think it'll it come back around someday. Maybe. It was just taxing. I was just like, I'm done with it. Done with it. Done with I, like as an adult human being yeah. waking up in the middle of the night terrified because I honestly think there's a gray alien in my living room. Damn, done man. with it. Jesus. Like done with it. Because even if there is, who gives you shit? You're right. Right, because like what are you going to do? Dave right now doesn't know there is one, and Dave in the morning won't know there is one. Yeah. Dave in the middle might have a fucking anal probe and a fist fight with a gray <laughs> alien that he loses as soon as he pulls out his little rod and boinks my brain with it. But the rest of Dave, 99.9% of Dave, will never remember it. So fuck it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I like that thought process. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck this. And surprisingly, it worked. Surprisingly, it worked. I was just—I'm oh, like, done man. with this bullshit. Done it, with it. It is kind of I interesting. I go through my phases of activity in my life where it heightens and goes down. I, if any, you know, anybody that listens to our show long enough knows that we're very skeptical of everything, even stuff that happens to us. But sure, um, I could say that I was off for a while. Like I didn't have any crazy stuff happen for a couple of years. 
But this last couple months have been like last four or five months since the Paracon actually picked really? back up again. And it's not necessarily that I've been looking for it. In fact, I've been kind of staying away from everything. Right. Um, the last time it was like this much kind of stuff. And I'm not just talking about ghosts. I'm talking about just strangeness. Right. Um, right. Right. As was in my early 20s and late teens. Um, sure. So I don't know where this is going to go. But honestly, when I think about stuff, the only thing that I really get like Koopa Chabra or however you pronounce that, I'm scared <laughs> of these days, or I, I scare myself when I start reading into is all of like the government spook kind of shit. Like, yeah. I don't want, like, I don't, you know, we joke about it on the show being on some government list and whatnot. If I ever got to the point where I was actually threatened, I think I would stop. I don't know. I, I, right, I, right. I, I yeah. don't want to die for looking <laughs> no. into the shit. I don't want to risk no. my family's uh-huh. life. No. Uh, that's the kind of shit that really scares me these days. I mean, demons, I, I've never seen a demon. Uh, right. Knock on wood. Right. Um, but I know the government's scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I still, like, even, you know, having said that, there's, like, the, if I see a certain rendition of a gray alien, I, for, for a couple seconds, I'm paralyzed with fear. (sighs) Like, it's just, it's just, like, just freezing down my back, paralyzed with fear, cotton mouth, like, for, for a couple seconds, I just can't even move. All I can do is stare at this thing, and it takes me a long time to shake it. And sometimes, like, it fucks me up for the entire day, the entire night. Like, I can't go to sleep. I'm freaked out. And it's like, and then people, like, think it's funny, and they'll, like, send me a text with, like, an image of a gray alien. 99% of them, nothing. It's That's not what it looks like. That doesn't scare me. Wow. There's nothing at all. But, like, most specifically the the cover of communion a lot of people say that man that was really like that one got a lot of people Mm, i can't i i that i own a copy of it and i keep it in my office at work so i never make the mistake of picking it up and looking at the cover when i'm at home like and i tried to read it and couldn't i got about two chapters into it and was like fuck this book in (laughs) every way possible that that book was it was definitely wasn't the first alien abduction type book out there or that type of book out there but that book made a lot of people realize that they weren't the only ones that had experiences like that specifically the cover of that book Mm -hmm. drew them in because it's it woke something up in them that they remembered and here's that like I have I have ba- I have bad experiences with that book. So uh, my mom was like super hippie, new agey, you know, healing crystals, Wiccan, like the whole thing, right? And she had when we grew up in Michigan, we grew up in a really fucking haunted, creepy ass place, which I'm happy to come back and talk about it at some future date. Yeah. But her bedroom had like this little nook where there was like a bunch of mirrors and like a little you sit down and can do your makeup and whatever. And in that nook were some bookshelves and she had all of her like hippie crystal healing books and everything. You know, she was she did astrology and would track charts and all those books were there and everything. And she had a copy of communion in there. And even as a kid, it would scare me so badly that I never wanted to go into that corner of a room wow. because I would see the communion cover. Uh-huh. Like, and I, as a kid, I didn't know what that book was about. I knew fucking nothing about that book as a sure. kid. And when the movie communion came out, 
It was on HBO. I was in college. My mom came downstairs and she was like, oh, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, communion. I'm going to try try my best to watch it, but I don't think I'm going to get through it. And <laughs> she was like, what's it about? And I was like, what do you mean? It's about alien. What do you mean? What's it about? And she was like, I've never heard of it. What's it about? I was like, you own the book. She's like, I don't know. I've never heard of this. What are you talking about? And I was like, you own the book. You've had you had a copy of the book back at the conference center. Like it, like it's why I never wanted to go in your room because you had that book in there. Just like, I've never seen that book. I have no idea what you're talking about. And once I looked into it, the book hadn't even been published yet. What the fuck? Like I have memories of that book being in my mom's room and the book wasn't oh, even out. Oh my God. Mandela. Dude. Yeah. Throw him in there too. Uh... Yeah. So the other thing is my friend, Andy, um, uh, he lived in LA. Now he lives in Florida. He's retired, but he lived in LA. He did sound on television, worked on Malcolm in the middle, all kinds of shows. And um, when he was first getting started, we were in college. He was just getting his start. And um, we are, we went down to see kids on the hall. They were doing a live show. Oh, in great Africa. show. Hell yes. Fantastic. I wish I, I can't find it streaming anywhere. I know. Right. I'm surprised that they don't put it back on HBO. I used to, uh, uh, this, uh, I don't hope this doesn't make you feel old, but I used to come home uh, for like, uh, I think, junior year and sit there and eat macaroni and cheese mm -hmm. that I made myself and watch Kids in the Hall. Yeah. I think they were reruns then. Right. Because they, they really got big. Like their second season or something when they got big, I think it was my freshman year of college was when they really uh, blew up. But this was years later. The show had been off and they were doing like a small tour and they were doing a show in L.A. And my friend got his tickets and we went down there as myself and my brother and my a couple of my friends. And we went down there and everybody was drinking. I didn't drink at the time. So I'm sitting there. I'm an insomniac. Can't sleep. I'm just like riding through the night. You know, I don't want to turn on the TV and wake everybody up. So I'm just sitting there reading books. And I was actually writing a paper for a class I had doing all this bullshit. And Andy just had stacks and stacks and stacks of photos from all of his film shoots that he had done so far. So I pick up his photos and I'm flipping through his photos and I look at a photo and it's him in the woods, like with, you know, all of his sound gear on and everything. He was a boom mic operator. And I went past the picture and it was like two or three pictures later, I just stopped with ice in my veins and sort of flipped back to that picture of him in the woods and way the fuck in the background oh. between two trees is a fucking gray alien. Oh, I would have burned like, it. <laughs> there's the photo. There's the photo. I'm looking at it. I'm losing my shit. I try to like wake Andy up, try to wake anybody up to get them to look at the photo. And they're all just blasted drunk. So I sit there all night, can't fucking sleep, staring at this picture endlessly. I'm like, there's, that's not a fucking gray alien. That's a gray alien. Like there's no, it's clear as day. It is a gray alien in this photograph. Wow. And it's not the focus of the photograph. Andy's way in front with a couple of friends taking a thing. It's like way in the background and Andy finally woke up and I was like, Andy, what in the holy fuck is this picture? And he was like, oh, that's me and Sarah. You met him. That's my boss, Steve. Like he does, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, Andy, what is this? Yeah. And he was like, oh, it's a, it's, it's one of the grays. Yeah. I was like, excuse me. And he was like, yeah, it was when, when we were filming communion. And I was like, you goddamn son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> you son of a I had no idea he worked on communion and it was just a shot of him on the set with the gray alien cop leaning up against oh, the tree. Fuck. Oh buddy, no. Oh man, no. Like, I hey, hate we... that book. I hate that book so much. 
<laughs> well, you and Josh share. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Josh is terrified of aliens. Absolutely. Are you? I am. But aliens in general. The thought of aliens. It's uh, it's not. Broke. Yeah, it's not really good. It's very carnal. It's a very carnal type fear. You know what I mean? Like it's very weird. So is it? Is there a particular image that like guns you up, or is it like when you think about it, it really fucks with your head? No, it just it thinks about, or I guess like the intention behind why they would be here, right? Um, sure, sure. And I could, I, I, I mean, long story short or whatever, I saw something one time in the sky and mm-hmm. had a very odd sensation, um, almost like, like when you're a kid and you're doing something that you're not supposed to do and then you get caught. And so whatever it was that I was observing, I knew it was a craft and I knew then like, the the instant fear that came over me was you're not supposed to be seeing this right now that's right. exactly what it felt like so to me like, like this, you think the like the craft was putting that oh, out maybe something like a defense mechanism maybe like yeah a- because then it shot off into the sky in literally like a blink of an instant like right. i couldn't even fathom like how I, I don't even know how that's even possible, and then guys, well, our, like, so yeah, go our, ahead. Um, our bodies can be manipulated, and even our moods can be manipulated by electromagnetism. Exactly, sure. and, exactly, and that could be something that's put off by these craft. It could also explain for why nature goes crazy yeah. around the time that's a good that point all these too. things right. happen. Right. There's uh, some other shows that I listen to, and I think this is kind of a term that's used across the board these days, uh, called the Oz effect, where everything just goes blank. Like, everything goes silent, everything, and, and you're just kind of in this weird space for a moment. And it could be something that's put off by... Because if these things are real, there has to be something crazy massive behind the energy yes, that makes them right. work right like, that i doubt they're worried about unless they're here to help us i doubt they're worried about how it affects us in the environment i mean yeah right for sure or but that would be a great feature like trust me if the u.s air force yes. could create an electromagnetic field around their helicopters that made everyone looking at the helicopter feel fear and dread and realize they shouldn't be and looking look at it and they should go the other way yep that's fantastic absolutely that's a great weapon. Yep. Or defense mechanism or whatever you want to call it. No one even wants to look at the Nobody even thing. wants to see you. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you talk about like I mean, there's no violence. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. Right. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. even gonna look at you. Because <laughs> they no. don't want to. No. It's crazy. No, but no. if I don't know if you guys have seen Oh God, I don't even know when this came out. The kind of the teaser trailer for the new Top Gun Maverick movie. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, it looks Don't sick. tell me there's aliens in there. No, 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 no. Oh, listen okay. Just listen really carefully, though, because this is fucked up, because I've watched it now a few different times. Um, I mean, the movie itself looks great, whatever. Uh, it's Tom Cruise, whatever. But the last, I think it's like the, the last shot of this trailer, it's kind of a close-up, mm-hmm. and it appears that Tom Cruise is you know flying a craft of some sort but he was also wearing a very odd helmet um with a glass front i mean it looks very similar to what we would consider to be like a space helmet mhm it almost makes me wonder if we i mean just look at the shit that's going on right now 
Okay? Like, Tom Cruise with the goddamn space helmet on. Right. You have... Now, you have the introduction of the newest branch of, of armed forces, right? With the Space Force and all right. this stuff. I'm telling you, we're being fucking conditioned for something. And it's about to fucking happen. I'm thinking, I'm dead serious when I say this. Disclosure may happen within the next five years. Tops. Tops. I agree with you in a sense. I don't necessarily think it's disclosure of alien There is a lot, but there is a lot of talk out there also that would suggest that, I mean, a lot of people are saying that there's going to be some kind of a fake alien invasion type thing. Getting us yeah, looking that's been a different way. For a couple decades now, um, has it? I, in my personal view on it, I think that they have some sort of technology that they want to start using in the public eye. That they need to. Yeah, I'm just thinking that they need to get us ready for right. And Not I'm thinking that it's alien. No, but I'm but thinking that, that our that... minds can accept it. I'm thinking that movies such as like Independence Day back in the 90s, um, I'm thinking like, I mean, shit, look at the movie um, Rocky, Rocky Four. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Mm-hmm. You're talking fucking propaganda films. You oh, know for, I mean? sure. Like, for sure. For sure. I think this is falling in the same line, in the same vein. Like it is gearing us up towards the idea I- of, of space force got, of all of this, yeah. I got kind of freaked out because we did um, we we don't do a ton of UFO shows, but we you know people have interests, so we we try to you know on on our show we do serial killers and historical yeah. figures and conspiracy theories and what you know whatever. Um, but we did um, I don't know when this episode we're recording right now will drop, but in our timeline of recording it, the episode that just came out. Yesterday for Sofa King was about uh, modern UFO encounters, and we covered an encounter from an Air Force base in 1975, and then we covered the two encounters. I don't know if you guys saw—you probably saw the videos at some point—but the A-Tip program. Oh, I don't know if I saw this. So yes, the, I, I did. So, did you see- so 2000, 2017, the New York Times got Freedom of Information Act and uncovered a program called A-Tip. That was the whole weird Robert Bigelow, Skinwalker Ranch, yes. all the UFO encounters yes. in the Air Force had to go to him until 2012. That was yes. called the ATIP program. Got it. And okay. a lot of it got declassified, and there's two videos, and one is called the Tic Tac UFO or Go Fast, and then the yeah. other one is called Gimbal, I think. Um but they got released, and even one of the things that Brad was asking on the episode is, why the fuck would they release these videos? Yeah. Like, even the, the U.S. Air Force says, yes, those are our videos. Yes, those are real. Right. Yes, the pilots saw an entire fleet of these things. Yes, they were moving around the Nimitz carrier group yes. for weeks, you know, giving radar pings. Isn't that yeah, fucked, that man? Like, like, it's totally We're admitting fucked. all of this. Admitting and an that. article just came out today that said that Freedom of Information Acts are pushing these A-tip uh, stories to release even more information wow. and that members of the Air Force are worried about what the effect is going to be on the general populace if they have to release all of this information. Well, that's all bullshit. The story just came out today on it. That is amazing. I, I, 
this is um, all in the same timeline of all the the Tom DeLonge crap. Um, I don't think Tom DeLonge necessarily misleading anybody. It's actually pre-Tom. Foya, DeLonge. This is yeah, yeah before yeah, Tom. It, it yeah. is. It is. But FOIA is not going to bring anything out of the government that they don't want to release. No. So why release? Especially it? military technology. Right. Sure. Or secrets of any sort. Um, but I mean, you have you're talking about like these different craft or whatever, quite literally following our planes from yeah. literally from the United States into like Iran, Iraq, yeah. like yeah. they're following the, us yeah, the whole, the, the whole, whole fucking time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They were following them the whole time on the Eastern seaboard. Yeah. And then as soon as the fleet moved, they stopped. And once they stopped and started patrolling, you know, in Just, the middle yeah. East, they all showed back up again. Ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but if the, if it was something that the military was worried about, this footage and their reaction to it makes it look like we're not the biggest superpower in the world or universe or whatever. It makes them look. It makes us look vulnerable, which yeah. they do not want anybody to think we're vulnerable for anything around the world. So. I don't know. Unless Josh is right, and it's it's oh. a step of the preparation. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. It almost feels like it, though. Like, I do have to say that, and it, and it has been around for a few decades, and maybe longer, I don't know, but I remember reading um, in my internet warrior days of the 90s forum <laughs> posts, I remember reading stories about st- possible staged UFO yeah. attacks as red flags and sure. it would be a huge red flag it would give everybody would be scared shitless mm-hmm. um so if there was some sort of threat from outer space that people could see i don't know if necessarily uh, maybe even just the president coming out and saying that this threat is coming no matter what you think of a current president at the time sure now or whenever it happens People are going to be scared shitless. Right. Right. Especially if it's I think if any one president or prime minister from any one land came out and said it, he would just be met with ridicule. But if everyone came out, like if there were press releases from every government and the United Nations and everyone was like, yep, he's right. That thing that guy said. Yep. Pretty much. Well, I know like uh, that's when everybody would freak the fuck out. I think it was Paul Hellyer, who is the former uh, prime minister in uh, Canada. That was coming out and saying all this mm-hmm. stuff. And he has spoken publicly oh, right. numerous right. times. And he was actually urging uh, all of these governments across the across the world to, to come forward. And I think there were a few, actually, that did it. China, uh, Russia. Um, who the fuck else did it? Was it France? I don't know. There was a lot. Um, they were like, yeah, this like we see this shit all the time. Here you go. <laughs> like, all right, this right. Stuff. Well, China like, and Russia aren't doing anything that doesn't benefit them either. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, France, yeah, yeah. who hell, who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, they do weird things sometimes. They do, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. Love you, France. <laughs> um, they're just they're hoping to find new interesting cheeses, so exactly. they want to be the first ones to exactly. uh, to make contact with the aliens. <laughs> I saw a meme. It was less than an hour after the announcement of the attacks uh, from Iran on the uh, military yeah. bases recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. a meme of downtown paris saying that it was like set up like a news screen yeah. saying france has surrendered yep they're fucking done <laughs> they went ahead and signed <laughs> they it. Are. That's rough. 
just that's just fucking mean. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh man. I saw those two going around. It was kind of funny. Oh my god. Well, gentlemen, I say we kind of wrap it up for the night. If that right. is cool. Oh my goodness. But brother, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us tonight and, and sharing that me. story, been, man. Been, like, God damn. I've been wanting to come on for, for quite some time. My life's just been beyond crazy lately, but now that things are mellowing out, hopefully I can pop back on again and Dude, we can yeah. do some pod belly cross promo and get, get more, uh, cause I got three other pretty interesting tales. I don't think any of them beat the dog people, but they're pretty, they're pretty wild. I'd love it. I'd well, love to have you have on. a studio um, at your fingertips. Yeah. Yes, um, that'd be a lot easier. And yeah. and now that we're back because we took three months off too, yeah, right did. in the middle of when we were supposed to have you on. Yeah. 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 That was kind of yeah. my bad. Um, I uh, yeah. I, I do know that we missed it, but I want you to promote your book because you were going to come on at the time your yeah. Book no, was we actually we actually didn't miss it. My publisher oh. been focusing on hor- just horribly boring textbook oh web portals for your textbook self-diagnostic <laughs> test and things such as that that no one would ever want to hear about but uh, um the the novels um that are coming out we're we're hoping and the date just keeps moving so i'm not a hundred percent on this but um the the first of three novels they're, they're actually they're the first two are currently out but i've revised them and we're relaunching them with this new publisher and the first one is called 181 pine um, and it should be coming out. We're thinking in April. It's a it's a near future uh, nanotech virtual reality cyberpunkish weird Native American mashup trilogy. Very nice. But makes any sense. But um, so the it'll be it'll be launching in April. So hopefully maybe I'll come on closer to the launch and really really whore it out and push it. But that's that our that's our goal. That would be great to have you back on to talk that. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Shit, man, that'd be great. Yeah, even that, even the whole premise of that novel started with a weird fucking experience that myself and Lisa had. Oh, sweet! Now that I think about it, that's a really awesome. Weird, a weird series of dreams that I couldn't shake that led to a weird encounter with a crow, like in the real world. Like it was very strange, and Lisa was there. So, damn. Yeah, maybe maybe that's something to that. Maybe I just shouldn't hang out with Lisa. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe I'm, I'm starting to think, sense that Lisa may be the antecedent of your issues. Yeah. yeah. Well, she she's she's married and lives in L.A. and has a daughter, and so I, I don't see her very often these days. So maybe that's for the better. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good stuff good that's stuff good. all right well thank you again brother thank you man it's been a blast absolutely all right we will talk to you guys very very soon peace out